The views expressed represent the opinion of Modern Wealth Management, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Information provided is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment tax or legal advice. Modern Wealth Management does not accept any liability for the use of the information discussed. Consult with a qualified financial, legal, or tax professional prior to taking any action. Thanks for joining us on America's Wealth Management Show. As a quick heads up, all of the resources we discussed today will be included in the show notes for the episode. Just find the link for the resource you're looking for in the episode description. You'll find links to other episodes, articles, videos, and our calendar. Don't miss out. For those of you who prefer a visual experience, head over to our YouTube channel where we release a new episode on video and on demand. So be sure to check out the show notes so you don't miss a thing. Now, let's get to the show. So when you're in your 30s and 40s, you should still have buckets. You may not have as much in that short-term bucket, but when I'm talking about a short-term bucket for someone in their 30s and 40s, I'm talking about an emergency fund. Right. Right. Welcome, Matt Casper. How are you today? I'm doing just fine, Logan. How about yourself? Doing well. So we thought that we are going to do a show on financial planning in your 30s and 40s today, so we would get rid of Dean and Bud and bring in Matt Casper, certified financial planner, and myself, Logan DeGrave, certified financial planner. Yeah, it's kind of convenient that we bring in one 31-year-old and one soon-to-be 41-year-old to to take the seats of, of much older gentlemen, uh, as we all need, know Dean and Bud are. So so let, let's get into this. And, you know, a lot of people think that you don't need to do, start doing financial planning until you're 50, 60, you're a few years out from retirement. But Matt, we just know that's not true. So give me a quick personal story about yourself or maybe something that you and your wife have been talking about that has to do with financial planning. Yeah, you, you know, it, you bring up a good point. I mean, a lot of times the, the the folks that we are serving, we get to meet them, you know, five years, 10 years prior to retirement. But we're talking about, should we be planning in our 30s and our 40s? And, and of course, you and I are going to sit here and say, yes, absolutely, you should be doing that. But the challenge with 30s and 40s is that it's very difficult to kind of project, you know, where am I going to be when I get into my retirement stage? You know, it's hard enough to try to figure out you know, how I'm going to take care of the family, young kids, young families, and so forth, and uh, let alone to try to project and understand, you know, what that retirement stage is going to look like. And, and, and that's what we run into, you know, all too often, if, if we're getting just a couple years away from retirement, and we start planning, then it's, you're not retiring towards something, you're trying, you're retiring from wherever you're at at that stage. So I think what you're saying is the first step in this is creating a long-term financial plan. Absolutely. It all it all starts with the financial plan. And this financial plan needs to be forward-looking because you just said it. It's hard to project when you're 30 and 40 of, you know, how much do I need for retirement? What do my goals look like in retirement? Because your expenses are going to be great greatly different. What I mean by that is children right? Hopefully the, hopefully the kids are out of the house, you know, when you're closer to this retirement stage. Maybe they are, maybe they're not. College expenses. So what you need to clearly define is when you're in your 30s and 40s, what does this forward-looking plan look like? Because the reality, Matt, is your expenses will be different, but your lifestyle may not change a whole lot. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, if you're married in your 30s and 40s, you have to imagine this is something you need to be prioritizing with your spouse uh, because it has to be something that, that's got to be meaningful for the two of you. Now, obviously, if you're not married, you still are prioritizing according to what your goals and, and what your objectives are going to be as well. So, you know, let's let's just think about that. How do we start establishing those f- 
those spending priorities inside of retirement. Yeah, well, it it begins with figuring out what you're spending, right? And I and I always say this is if you don't know what you're spending, the easiest way to do it is look at what you net on a monthly basis. So what you bring home after the 401k, healthcare, and if there's nothing less, then that's left at the end of the month, and that's what you're spending. So, but let's not think about it just from spending, and let's not just think about it from investments, because a, a good overarching financial plan is going to include things like, and this is a huge one for someone in their 30s and 40s, insurance planning. Even bigger might be estate planning, right? You have these young kids, and then tax planning. People say, tax planning? What do you mean? I go give my stuff to my CPA or I go on TurboTax and I do my taxes. But let's talk about what does tax planning look like for someone in their 30s and 40s? Oh, gosh, you know, tax planning in your 30s and 40s is so important because what we typically fall into a trap of is that you we, we work for an employer potentially or we have our own business. And of course, we're trying to accumulate our wealth at that stage, you know, maybe for the first time, our 20s, uh, you know, if it was if you're anything like me, you're just kind of grinding it out in your 20s uh, and getting by, hopefully having a good time while you're doing it. But there's there's not a lot of opportunity because there's not a lot of excess cash flow at that stage. 30s, maybe still complicated. Maybe it's still a little difficult, but you have to have a discipline to getting those savings in place. Now, ultimately, you know what we're trying to do is figure out what is going to be the best path. And Logan, that's where I would kind of go for you. You're now 31. How do you see the best path for you kind of for looking, anticipating, you know, what you need to be doing for you and just being newly married, you know, for your wife and potentially down the road for kids and so forth. So from a tax standpoint, you know, for me, the biggest thing is going to be how do I want to defer income, right? You know, hopefully in you know, you're maybe in a higher or lower bracket, depending on where you sit. And that's where you really need to start thinking about is where is my tax situation today? And where is it going to be when I retire? It goes back to what you said when you start, though, right? When you start this conversation, it's so much to project, right? So much unknown. We don't know what Congress does with tax rates. We don't know any of that. But what I do know is if I defer in my 401k today, okay, that money never gets taxed. It's great. But eventually I got to pay the piper, right? Whether it's when I'm 59 and a half or, you know, who knows what RMD age will be then. Yep. I know if I do a Roth 401k, I'm going to have to pay the tax now, right? But that money's going to grow tax-free for the rest of my lifetime. So something to think about. I think that's probably the biggest tax planning thing for someone in their 30s and 40s. Also, HSA contributions. So those are the kind of the things that you, you need to think about. But the financial planning can't be done without moving on to the next point of, defining your goals. Absolutely. And and one thing I was just going to kind of circle back to the tax plan just for one second, because, you know, you're trying to accumulate your wealth in a most tax diversified path that you can to provide you with flexibility when you get into retirement. Because isn't that kind of the biggest trap we run into Absolutely. with the clients we serve is great savers, good discipline, uh, you know, have great wealth at retirement. But you're 52 and you can't touch your 401k or your IRA. So, Difficult to retire early if if that was a big priority for you from that standpoint. And then guess what? When we, you know, even more traditional age is around 65, 67 for retirement, trying to get to Medicare or for someone that's in our age, we know our full retirement age is 67 for Social Security. So if we tried to I say... I looked at that, Matt. I wasn't thinking about Social Security yet. <laughs> it's, it's hard <laughs> to think about it. Or is it even going to be there? I know we have these questions, but... 
if we are in retirement and we only have one tax bucket to pull money from, we know we have a partner in that, right? Yeah. And that's Uncle Sam. And that's uh, where the IRS is, is ultimately going to be a part of every single withdrawal you have inside of that retirement. Right, right. And But I, I think, though, that moving on here, of define, building that plan, you have to define what your goals are. So here's what I mean. If when you're in your 30s and 40s, you should begin targeting when you want to retire, right? And That's you great. say 30, 35, when am I going to retire? I'm not thinking about retirement. I'm thinking about the kids and, you know, the mortgage and these type of things. But how you save today is going to allow or dictate when you can retire. I'm not just talking about the amount. I'm talking about where you save from. So we talked about the 401ks, the IRAs, the Roth. But for me, something that's always a focus for myself is the brokerage account. Okay. So yes, you know, I have capital gains, dividends, interest that will be kicked off, but I have full flexibility to that account. Absolutely. So in five years, 10 years, if I want to go do something with it, I don't have to pay ordinary income every time I touch it. But let's let's think more than just retirement date. You know, when you're defining goals, Matt, how would you suggest someone sits down with their spouse, potentially even children to say, okay, what do we want to do when we're 50, 60 years old? Yeah, we, you know, you sit there and you think, oh gosh, if I can get into retirement, you know, hopefully I own my home. So, so you're trying to think of maybe some of those budget shifts that have, that will take place in that transition. Now, that's not always the case, as we all know, but uh, we're trying to say, this is my expense now. What's my expense potentially going to look like or shift to when I get closer to retirement? And it might surprise you. In fact, I, I, I almost encourage uh, folks to go out there and consider, you know, you're going to be more active inside of retirement, meaning you probably need to have more of that discretionary type of income to truly enjoy what you're, you're trying to do. Every day is a Saturday. Exactly. Every day is a Saturday. So so what are those goals going to be for you and your wife or, or husband, yeah. depending on, you know, uh, whether or not you're married? And, and of course, how does how do you guys work collectively uh, to be able to make sure you're, you're designing something that's going to be fruitful? So let's let's think about these goals that you got to think about in your 30s and 40s. Right. How do we attack the mortgage? Right. Because most 30 and 40 year olds have one college expenses. Right. College is not going to get any cheaper. We know healthcare, and that's going to be my third point here, right? Healthcare and college inflate differently than the basket of goods at the grocery store. But the next one's healthcare expenses. Because here's the thing, Matt. If you want to, if you're a diligent saver and planner in your 30s and 40s, there's a good chance you can retire before 65, right? right. There, I, right. There's, we would all agree on that. What does healthcare costs look like? Right. You can't get on Medicare. You have to go to the marketplace. Those are expensive. Making making sure that we're planning for those. And I think that kind of leads into that even what your retirement goals is it's creating a spending plan. And you mentioned this, but okay, figuring out what is my lifestyle. I say this. There's there's three types of spending plans in my idea. I it's what do I need, right, to get by, to live. What do I need to kind of do a lot of the things I want to do? And then what do I need to live and do everything I want to do? How, how when you're sitting down, you know, do you think about a spending plan? You know, the needs, wants, wishes is, is certainly a good approach because uh, we all understand needs. This is what we have to secure. We, we understand we have to cover utilities, home, uh, groceries. We have to cover that health insurance. We have to make sure all those are, are certainly Emergency in place. Fund. 
Emergency funds. Oh, gosh, that, that's another topic to, to jump in because that's very critical for someone in their 30s and 40s. In fact, even in their 20s. So, uh, you know, that's going to be something that you just need to get a good handle on as far as what all this is going to look like. Well, when you're talking about as, as far as the spending plan and how to create it, right, it, it's one of those things of you got to sit down and put pen to paper on it. And you got to think about what are the goals going back and then figuring out what do those goals cost, right? Do you want a second home? Are you going to pay cash for that home? You know, you, if you want to at 50, you know, 59 and a half, take money out of an IRA. Okay. what's the taxes going to look like? So I think all that goes into it, but knowing the difference between good and debt and bad debt, right? Let's, let's talk about that. So when mortgage rates were hardly anything, right, two and a half, three, three and a half percent, it doesn't feel that long ago, but now those rates are long gone. I, I think we're kind of in that seven, seven and a half range is, you know, getting a mortgage at three percent is not bad debt, right? Well, I, I think what's pretty wild is the for a lot of 30, 40 year olds, we're sitting here thinking three percent is normal. And, right. and we all understand historically that 3% is incredibly low. And a lot of us were fortunate enough to be able to lock in those low rates. And that's what we would qualify as being good debt to be able to sustain possibly longer term. And I know someone like Dave Ramsey may tell us there's no such thing as good debt. But when you have rates at those uh, low levels, you're pretty much leveraging those type of loans. I mean, I would say it's good debt when if you can have a fixed rate at 3% and right now money, liquid daily money markets are paying five, five and a quarter, yeah. right? We're, we're, you're winning there. But, you know, that that's good debt. What's But more focused for 30s and 40-year-olds is what's the bad debt, oh, right? That's absolutely. The, that's the biggest thing. And so, you know, what is bad debt? Well, first of all, the worst debt is going to be credit card debt. Uh, you know, any any certified financial planner's first recommendation is going to be getting a plan to tackle the credit card debt. Because here's the issue. When you're in the accumulation phase of life, when you have the credit card debt, you have these debts, those are what gets in the way of saving for retirement, ultimately, right? Because you got money going here, there, and everywhere. And it's, hey, how do I take care of this credit card debt? But what would we just say? Interest rates have just gone up like crazy, right? Yes. So you need to make sure you're prioritizing what debt's most important. In addition... Student loan repayment came back, right? Absolutely. That's another payment that's going to be going out the door. So I would say that sitting down, the mo if you take nothing away from the show, sitting down when you're in your 30s and 40s, look year olds, looking at your debt structure and figuring out where do you spend your time, Yeah. right? Yep. So with that being said, we're going to take a quick little break here and head into some trivia. So I got a question for you, Matt. Okay. According to the Federal Reserve, the baby boomer generation holds about how much wealth? I got four options for you. A, $47.76 trillion. B, $55.21 trillion. C, $78.29 trillion. Or D, $101.43 trillion. A lot of big numbers there. Ooh, those are some big numbers. I'm going to go with C. That's correct. $78.29 trillion. Okay. So the, the people in their 30s and 40s got a long way to save and to catch up. Absolutely. So, Logan, I have a trivia question for you. All so, right. so let's take a look at this. So according to the same Fed data, how much wealth is held by Gen X and millennials uh, combined? Is it A, $56.33 trillion? Is it B, $61.96 trillion? Is it C, $65.19 trillion? 
or D, $71.34 trillion? I'm going to go C. Ooh, he were close. It was actually B, so so it was sixty one point nine six trillion. That's surprising. That's it, a big number. It, I am kind of surprised by that. It, so maybe the thirty and forty year olds and everyone are doing a little bit better job well, than we thought. And, and you're looking at that. The Gen X is representative of the sixty one forty seven point seven six, and the millennial generation fourteen point two of the sixty one. That's that's surprising. So. Matt, I just asked you a question, but what I would recommend is, you know, anyone that's asking themselves in their 30s, 40s, and even beyond of, hey, look, am I all right for retirement? Am I I doing the right things? I would recommend that you get a copy of our retirement plan checklist, go through some of those questions, download the retirement plan checklist. So let's, let's get back into this here. So we've talked about, you know, building a plan, defining goals, setting the spending plan. The difference between good and bad debt. The biggest part of this, the engine that's going to drive all these decisions is how much are you saving and where are you saving? Talk about that. I know we hit on that a little bit earlier, but why does that matter so much of how much you're saving and where you're saving it to? Yeah. So, you know, we were touching on tax a little bit. So how, you know, where are we saving is certainly going to be an appropriate uh, attack to how we're going to ultimately accumulate wealth in the most appropriate uh, tax efficiencies. And right now I would say, you know, if we're in our thirties, forties, if, if we happen to be in a 10%, 12% tax bracket, it's no, a no brainer. We're going to be trying to accumulate any type of savings within a tax-free type of, uh, re- retirement plan through your 401k, through a Roth 401k, or you're going to be doing it through a Roth IRA. Uh, ultimately, uh, we're also going to be considering, how else should we be saving? And you already tackled this, and I think it's important. You know, we need that taxable bucket because we have short-term goals, intermediate-term goals that are not necessarily retirement goals, and it gets kind of sorely well, missed. Let's talk about that. What, what could that be? Let's. It could be a you know the the kids are going to private school, college. It could be something along the lines of you want to move homes. Uh, new furniture, right? Yes. Whatever, new car, whatever it may be, all the things. But that leads me into, you just made a great point with the buckets, right? So when you're in your 30s and 40s, you should still have buckets. You may not have as much in that short-term bucket, but when I'm talking about a short-term bucket for someone in their 30s and 40s, I'm talking about an emergency fund, right? Right. Matt, what's your recommendation for what someone should keep in, you know, liquid safe cash for an emergency fund? Oh, absolutely. If you've ever been in that position where you had something break down at the home and and you didn't have that sufficient emergency fund in place, you know, it adds so much pressure to your life. Uh, so ultimately, you need to keep, you know, if you're single, uh, around six months of, of spending uh, within an emergency fund. That's, that's a good rule of thumb. If you're married and you have about equal income, you know, having three months of emergency funds for spending is going to be a good rule. Because you have two sources of income. Two sources of income. Hopefully there's not a situation where you both lose your job. But I I think that that's critical, and that should be not invested, right? That should be in money market funds that's safe that we can get to to today or tomorrow. Um, You know, so people that are listening may say, well, I haven't done that, or maybe I'm saving to the Roth or the traditional 401k, What? and I have some debt. So what's the sequence here? You know, for, for me, when I start thinking about these things, there's three big things. One, establishing that emergency fund. Two, saving at least to the match in your 401k, right? Yeah. That's a no-brainer. That's a no-brainer. And then prioritizing the higher debt, yep. okay? Yep. Those three things should be working in conjunction before you even start thinking about 
you know, maxing out your 401k or, you know, not that a Roth IRA contribution is bad, but those three things are going to are going to be where you need to focus your time. You know, we, we could spend even more time on that. But I think the moral of that story is know where you're saving the money to know how much you're saving and also what's it invested in. But, but you know, one of the things that I hit on earlier, and I think it's extremely critical is proper risk management. So when you're in your 30s and 40s, a lot of times the the mortgage is big and the and the kids are little, right? Mm-hmm. When you're in your 60s, hopefully there's no mortgage or very little mortgage and the kids are big now. So how do you protect the family? Especially, you know, if you're a higher earner or maybe you're a single earner, maybe one spouse stays home um, or you're a single parent. So Matt, what approach are you taking to make sure that, you know, people in their 30s and 40s are protected from an insurance or risk management perspective. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's a it's a big question cuz we all understand insurance comes with a premium. It comes with an additional cost and you might be in a stage where you don't want to take on some of those additional costs, but the reality is how do we get some protection in place? You know, I have a wife, I have kids and ultimately if I pass away, my wife would rely on insurance at this stage for her to be able to sustain her lifestyle, to be able to keep the house payments, to be able to keep things going on. Because of what? You just lost one of the incomes that was there working towards your retirement. We didn't get there. You know, something unexpected happens, a tragedy happens. Life happens. Life happens. So so how do we get those protections in place? And that's when you need to have insurance. It's not a question of should I I need to have insurance in place. But I would assume that, you know, let's talk about the different types of insurance or life insurance is what what we're referencing here. You know, obviously there's more whole life permanent policies. There's more term, right? You know, a lot of times the 30s and 40 year olds, you know, that's what I just said, that need eventually will go down. So, you know, a 20, 30 year term policy is great for someone that it's going to be cheaper. But I would assume if you have a term life policy, I'm just making an assumption, yeah. you didn't flip a coin or throw a dart at the wall to figure out, you know, what you should have in there. No, and, and you need to think about this as well. So, you know, if you have, for example, a, a million dollar life insurance policy, well, why a million dollars? You know, what are you really trying to create in that type of environment? Well, if you think about a million dollars, if that presents, you know, 4% kind of rule of thumb, that's 40000 of tax-free income that can go back to support my wife uh, and family to be able to sustain spending and so forth. So ultimately, it's going to be different for each person as far as what they're Their trying to protect are. and what that amount's going to go to. But do keep in mind, you know, that is a tax-free death benefit. And I also think that the other side of what you need to think about is, you know, if you started some of these in your 20s and now you're in your 40s, you need to check your terms because you might be coming right. up on something where you need to renew and, and start going through this just, process again. And just because I don't, I don't want to run out of time here, but you know, something else that's critical is you know disability insurance, right? You know, I, if there was a disability, you couldn't go to work. Making sure that that's taken care of, property and casualty insurance, even things like car insurance. But we have one more topic we have to hit on quickly, and it's I okay. think it's important is you know, do you have an estate plan, right? Right. So. I know you're passionate about this. What does someone in their 30s and 40-year-olds need to make sure they have for an estate plan? Well, first of all, I would say have a plan. I, I think we we run into situations where we uh, 
get to retirement, we still don't have a plan in place. But ultimately, have a plan. And what that means is you minimally need to get a will-based plan in place. That's if you're a parent. With guardianship provisions. Make sure you have guardianship in place. Make sure you have power of attorneys in place. And obviously, that instruction that's going back to the judge called a will, that's saying if something ends up in probate, how does it go back to support my family? So what did we learn today, Matt? What did you learn from our conversation? Oh, gosh. You know, again, having a plan is always going to be so critical. Uh, we need to know where we're heading rather and than being can, reactive. And you can never start too early, right? Mm-hmm. 30s and 40s is a great time to begin this process. Thanks for being on the show, Matt. Thank you, Logan. Thanks for joining us on American's Wealth Management Show. I'm Logan Grave along with Matt Casper. We'll see you next time. Represent the opinion of Modern Wealth Management, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Information provided is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment tax or legal advice. Modern Wealth Management does not accept any liability for the use of the information discussed. Consult with a qualified financial, legal, or tax professional prior to taking any action.